Hi, it's Tony and Jenny Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online. Every week, we work hard at giving you the best real ghost stories we can find for free through the podcast. But producing and maintaining the show isn't so free for us. And that's why we're asking for your support. If you like the show, please become an EPP. That's an extra podcast person through the button at realghoststoriesonline.com. As an EPP, you'll get an additional bonus exclusive episode of the show to enjoy every weekend. Plus, you'll have access to our exclusive EPP video content and backlog of exclusive EPP bonus episodes as well. It's only five bucks a month for all these extras. And your support helps to keep our daily free version of the show alive and on the air. Become an EPP now at realghoststoriesonline.com. Please and thank you. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Today a family downsizes to a new home. Peculiar voices are heard. What is mimicking the comforting sound of a mother's voice? An entity makes the last few nights in a childhood home memorable for a young woman. Could the phone be a means for this entity to say goodbye? Those stories, your calls, and more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. Hello. Hi. Is your holiday shopping complete? Almost. Seriously? Yeah. I mean, I've got quite a bit of it done and I'm really good about staying on top of the wrapping as things show up. Yeah. I do mostly online shopping so when it comes to the door I get it, I wrap it and I'm set. I really I mean granted a lot of the gifts that we give come from us so I guess a lot of mine is done then too I would say right? Most of it yes. Okay. It's just the stuff that I'm getting direct for like you and and the stuff for the girls we're kind of getting well we gotta finish up some of that don't we? We do need to finish we that We need to up. do that but well, that's good to know that most of my holiday shopping stuff <laughs> feels really good. I'm glad I've been on top of that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, before the holidays, or well before even the, uh, I know the Black Friday stuff has been going on really since about September. So, remember, it was a big thing to just look at the. Uh, we still kind of do this. Look at the uh, the holiday, the flyers. You get the Thanksgiving Day newspaper. Yeah, yeah. And then there was like the 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 pirated sites where like they would get a copy of them a couple weeks in advance, and that kind of became the thing. Uh-huh. Now the stores I saw themselves are just putting their flyers out there already. Like the flyers are there already for Black Friday because I think they got sick of the other people getting on top of it. They're finding it as a way to drive people direct to them ahead of time. Right. I get way more excited about Cyber Monday though. There's some good stuff there. Yeah. There should be something involving ghosts for the holidays. Okay. I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know. Because there's, you know, there's a lot of ghosts that are involved in Christmas stories. You know, a Christmas Carol, and there's, you know, Scrooge and other things like that. Sure. But there's really no formal, official way to involve the paranormal into the holidays. There should be more of an official way of doing that. Okay. I don't know what that would be. I don't know if, like, a ghost story day, you know, like, oh, on the, the 23rd is the official... Holiday Ghost Story Day? Yeah, something. I don't know. Okay. We could we could begin this tradition with our, our small army of listeners, and then it could just kind of slowly grow, and they're like, remember that back in 2014 when this was officially started? <laughs> and then their grandchildren are talking. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just think there should be something more official about it. <laughs> uh, 
excuse me, 855-853-4802. That's the, uh, the phone number to call in here to Real Ghost Stories online to share your real ghost story with us. We got uh, two longer stories for you today that are pretty good um, involving uh, haunted families. Would that be the, the kind of gist of them? Kind of haunted family slash family homes. Okay, that could be very interesting. So we'll go to those in just a few minutes. Let's kick off the show today with a caller. Hi. Hello, um, Tony and Jenny. Um, it's Michael Corn from Kent in the UK. Just thought I'd tell you my ghost story. Um, let's start. I've got three, actually. I've got one when my mum was younger. I've got one from when I was younger, and I've got one that's quite happened recently. Um, one with my mum. She was younger. She was in her dad's bed, and um, she was laying there, and all of a sudden, her granddad appeared at the bottom of her bed. Uh, she didn't really tell me much about that one, but I'll pass it off to you. Um, next one, I was visiting my dad's friend when I was about 13, 14. I'm 22 now. Um, I was up, walking upstairs to go to the bathroom, to go to the toilet. And it was one of those smaller toilets, so it's kind of smaller. It doesn't, it just has a toilet in it. It doesn't have the, the bathroom, the, uh, the bath, the toilet, and the tap, and all the other essentials. It just has a toilet. And the only light was on was the toilet one. And I had the landing lights off because my dad's mate's kids were asleep. So I went to the toilet. I had my back against the landing. As soon as I turn around, um, finished flushing the toilet washing my hands, etc. I see a black cat on the floor. Um, he had these like glowing, like orange eyes, and it was like purring at me, like it needed to be stroked. So I worked out, I didn't really think much of it because it looked so lifelike, because it was black. It didn't even look really translucent or transparent or whatever. Um, so I just went down to stroke it, and it literally like striked at me like a cat would do if it didn't know you, it would like claw me. So I just thought, that's a bit, I'll just leave the cat alone. And I went to step over it. And I was at the top of the stairs at the same time. Went to step over it. It felt like a, a hand like grabbed me by my ankle. Like it wanted me to fall down the stairs. Which nearly made me happen. But I managed to regain my balance and went downstairs. I was like, what the hell happened? Went to confront my dad's friend about it, and he was like, "We don't have any cats. We have like, he had like two massive Labradors next to him, so that was rather freaky." Um, he came down recently, and he um, told me about it that he was seeing it and everything like that. He tried denying it, obviously, because I was little at the time. He tried denying it, saying that it wasn't a cat, like it was a ghost or something like that. <laughs> so that kind of freaked me out. But yeah, there's one question about that is. What does a black cat symbolize in the ghost world? Like a black cat in our world means bad luck. It was superstition, as you say. What does it mean in the ghost world? Does that mean something? Um, and the hand grabbed my ankle. What was that all about? Um, the other one was recently. Sorry if I'm taking this call a bit too long. But the other one's recent. Um, about a year ago, I was visiting a friend in a place called Cuxton um, in Kent. And it was a few miles away from my house. So I went up there, stayed the weekend. And because all we did, one of the staying doors, I tried to persuade him to go out for a walk. So that's what we did. We went um, to some woods 
and we followed some trails and everything like that. But we came up to these woods, never been there before. I forgot the name, I'll research it and I'll sure give you a call later on. Um, I was walking through this trail with me and my friend, walking up to this gate, we was deciding to go right and it will steer off into some more woodland. We'll go left over this peg in a fence, which will lead us into a field which we can cross to get home. We decided to go into the woods, so that was a bad mistake of his own because it's getting pretty dark. So he's walking through these woods and we come up to another set of gates about 22 minutes in. And to our right, we noticed literally, which looked like about 12 fully grown males, like like gray robes. And they was like, with their backs turned against us with hoods up. And they was facing all in a circle, like they was gathered around somebody. At the time, we thought it was like, like hooligans or troublemakers just going around somebody. Um, they did notice we were there and we was rather like, what the hell's going on here? Like we didn't think much of it. We actually thought there was genuine people just going around in gray robes, like what the hell's going on? We didn't think much of it until we was walking back and we didn't really realize the fact that we actually saw ghosts after I researched them when I got home. Um, it was some, like curse thing going on in that woods like there was I know a little girl she got murdered there and the parents cursed the people who murdered her so that was a car horn outside my house and yeah it's rather freaking when I realised that we actually saw a ghost and it actually was I'd explain what it looked like so I didn't really give much details it's like full grown men all arched over looks like there was gathering on someone in a circle and it was to our right corner my eyes I see it and yeah it really freaked me out grey rose I don't know what that symbolises to I don't know what that is but hopefully you can shed some light on it with your you and your fantastic community so thank you very much keep up the work I'll listen to you literally every day at work download several of your podcasts and it just makes my day ten times easier so once again thank you and yeah take care bye bye Thanks for calling in and uh, sharing those experiences and stories with us. I think the gray robe people, I think those were people. You think so? I think that was, you ended up, we've talked about this before, where you walk in on something uh, somewhat nefarious going on or some sort of ritual of some sort going on with some individuals. As far as exactly what they're doing, I don't know, um, but I think that may have been what you were you were seeing. Sure. The other stuff, though, sounds pretty paranormal. Yeah, um... As far as what a black cat means in the ghost world, I don't know. Um, I know that in, you know, as far as superstition, black cat crossing your path's not good luck. I don't know sure. that I subscribe to that because I love all cats. Mm-hmm. Um, but for it to grab you and trip you, that sounds like maybe something taking on the form of a cat. Like it might. I mean, it takes. It would take quite some cat strength. Yeah. To grab you and trip you. I mean, there's probably had cats like grab onto my leg before, you know, and it's kind of amusing because it's like, oh, look, there's a cat trying to hold on to me. Sure. And it doesn't really trip you up. I mean, I suppose if you went the wrong way, it could trip you. But as far as like pulling you down, that would take like a mountain lion or some large cat, you know, of some sort to do that. So thank you for the call. I love when audience overseas calls in um, and just some of the terminology that's used. I just want to take a pen and write some of it down and then start using it in my own uh, (laughs) uh, dictation or or, or whatever. I don't know what vernacular. Uh Uh, I think that would be uh, (laughs) 
confusing to a lot of people, uh, but fun at the same time. Yep, <laughs> so, sure would. Chantel writes in, I heard a story a while ago on your show where a man, I think his name was Oliver, spoke about his mother and sister leaving, yet he thought he heard their voices after they were gone. Well... Something similar happened to me when I was in high school about 10 years ago when I lived in a house that just spooked my whole family. My parents were looking to downsize our house after my dad had lost his job and we ended up moving to a neighborhood about 10 minutes away where the houses were a bit older and less expensive. The neighborhood probably dates back to about the 1960s, so it's not very old and was smack in the middle of the suburbs of Denver, so the surrounding area is well built up. The house that we moved into just had this eerie feeling. I'm the oldest of three girls and my younger sisters, and even my parents to some degree, thought that the house was a bit unsettling. The basement was unfinished, and there was a section that we supposed was a dark room because when you went in there, there were two rooms and all light from outside was blocked out. It was always so creepy, but luckily there was never much reason to go down there because we just used it as storage. What really creeped us out is that my dog, a Siberian husky, never wanted to go down there. Whenever I had to go into the basement, I would always try to get him to come with me for the sake of comfort, and he would whine once he was there and often run back upstairs, or he would refuse to go down the stairs in the first place. My dog didn't have a problem with stairs. We lived in a split-level house, so he was used to going up and down stairs, just going from one end of the house to the other. The basement was the only place where he seemed unsettled. There was one other time, however, where my family and I were driving home and a few houses away from our home, we saw my dog outside. He was left in our backyard while we went out, and we thought maybe someone had left the gate and the fence open. We checked the gate, and it was locked from the inside. The fence was taller than my dad, who was six foot three, and there was no way our dog could have jumped over it. It was too large, and my dog had a bad hip, so he never jumped much. Luckily, he was well-behaved and stayed around the house until we got home. When you sat at the computer, your back would be to the door. I always double-checked and looked behind me when I sat there, just having an uneasy feeling that there was something at the door or in the hallway. One weekend, my family was prepping to have a barbecue, and my dad and sisters were out running errands while my mom and I were at home. I was at the computer with the office doors open, and my mom would pop in and talk about the barbecue or some other things. She said she was getting ready to go to the grocery store to get food and asked if there was anything in particular that I wanted. I said no, I was busy online shopping. My mom is a type that where she's always talking, and she'll ask you the same question over and over again just to be sure you didn't change your mind. That day, she asked me a few times if I wanted anything from the store, and each time I said no. About ten minutes after she had last come in, I heard my mom call my name. I answered back, what? Slightly annoyed that my mom would be asking again what I wanted from the store, but she didn't say anything in response. I got up and went through the house, asking out loud why she called me, only she wasn't there. I figured she may have called out while I was... I called that well at the front door and just went out to her car if she didn't hear me from the office. Only about a minute went by, so I went out the front door thinking I would catch my mom before she left, but her car was gone. I called her cell phone and asked why she'd called my name and left, but she said that she was just finishing up at the store and was about to come back home. I was confused because no one was home, and there was no sound coming from my computer or any other device. I honestly thought it was my mother's voice saying my name. Another time, months later, 
I was out late one night with friends. My curfew was midnight. When I got home, my parents and little sisters were asleep. But my mom left on a lamp in the room next to the front door so I could see when I arrived home. I came inside and turned towards the door to lock it. As my hand was turning the key, I was standing still and could see the light from the lamp shining across most of the door. All of a sudden, something moved across the light blocking it out so it no longer shined on the door. It was only for a moment, and it seemed like someone just walked in front of the lamp. It wasn't a flicker. I could still see everything in the room, and there was no outline of a recognizable figure. The light was just blocked from shining on the door for a moment. I turned around quickly and saw nothing. I felt way too uncomfortable turning the light off and instead just locked the door and ran to my room. Another night I'd woken up and thought the light and so, and, the, and though the light was in the sh- it was shining through the window, I could see a shadow of what looked like the Virgin Mary. I looked around and I couldn't figure out what combination of objects in my room could be casting the shadow, but got an overwhelming urge to pray. I did not grow up in a religious home, though I have since turned towards Christianity. I was very anxious at the point and began to pray for comfort, for protection, for peace in the house. I was put at ease, and while going to sleep, I could still see the outline of a kneeling and veiled woman. That was the last experience that I had. I don't know if or how these instances were related, but being religious now, I believe that there was something in that house that maybe in my teenage angsty years... I had the mindset to be potentially susceptible to something. I thank God that there were reminders sent to me to turn towards prayer and protection. I told my family about these instances when we had moved out of the house. We were renting it and didn't stay long. Only about a year and a few months, everyone in my family was glad to leave. We we all found the place unsettling. My family never discounted my experiences, but they couldn't explain it either. No one else had specific things happen like I did, and I'm glad that those few instances were the extent of things. I have never had anything happen before or after, so I don't think I'm a person who is sensitive to these matters. Why I am the only one who experienced anything, I can't really explain. We tried to look into the house history, but didn't find anything that could explain odd happenings. I know this is long, so thanks for your patience, and if you end up reading this, I'd be interested. Though honestly, a little scared to hear any thoughts about what was happening there. Thanks. Okay, well, I think a big part of it is that age going into the teen years. I mean, I know like 11, 12 is still kind of early, but we hear so often about things starting to pick up with with that. And I'm wondering if maybe that isn't why she was the only one that experienced anything. Yeah, I mean, they do say quite often, especially with girls, um, I don't know if it's just, you know, there's more emotions flowing around there. I mean, obviously, you know, hormones and everything are flying on both sides of things. Sure. But um, they, they for, and they, I mean, just, I guess, society as a whole or people who are, are talking about any sort of study on, on paranormal activity, that it does seem to be more active around teenage females than it does male uh teenagers right um so her being in that category at that time um i guess the odds are a little bit higher there why do you think that is i mean why is it that it would be higher with with girls than boys more often than not 
You know, I don't want to say that girls are having more hormonal changes, but I think... Um, but maybe... Uh, if you look at the numbers, are you? I don't know. That's why I don't want to say that, because okay. I, don't, I don't honestly know. Sure. Um, I don't... Not having had boys, and, you know, I was... I was out of the house when my brother really entered that time period in his life. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much mood swings are experienced by. I don't think it's as much as. Okay. As you know, I mean, and obviously girls kind of have the monthly where that sure. happen, and boys don't necessarily have that. So I would think just sheer numbers, there's more going on with you guys. Cause I sure as heck know that the mood swing thing went on in my yeah. house when I was a teenager and, you know, just trying to get a grasp on that. Cause a lot of times, yeah, I was moody, but I didn't even know why I was moody, Sure, you know? And I think being moody, you know, sometimes you're okay. And then sometimes you're kind of down and you start to be self-conscious. And I think that just, you're susceptible. Sure. I mean, maybe vulnerable. Maybe it's just, it's, it's kind of overthinking it, you know, just where we do know, uh, I mean, at least, you know, as much as we know about this topic, if we were to say we know something, it's that paranormal activity does seem to center or, or occur more frequently to an individual uh, who's going through an emotional time. And they don't have to be a teenager. It can be an 80 year old. It can be a 50 year old. Um, But no matter what the emotional time is, if it's some sort of time of distress, um, it seems to conjure up or attract paranormal things. And if there's any time in your life where you're guaranteed to be going through abnormal changes in your life that are abnormal to you, I mean, normal in the scope of life, but to what you know, it's going to be the teenage years. Right. So that may just be why it's there so frequently because it's going to happen to everyone right you know that's just kind of my thoughts i don't know i agree yeah 855-853-4802 that's a phone number to call in to real ghost stories online to share your real ghost story with us if you want more ghost stories you want to become an epp that's an extra podcast person you get bonus episodes sent to you every single week you get access to a complete archive of EPP episodes and video, which is now up to 13. So by the time uh, the next EPP episode goes out this Saturday, if you sign up this week, uh, you'll get uh, episodes, essentially, bonus to listen to. You get this week's uh, and all 13 of the past ones and that uh, Spirits in the Air documentary. And it's only five bucks a month. So lots of value there. And you get the satisfaction knowing you're keeping our show alive because without that support, we cannot keep on going. So if you like the show, Please consider becoming an EPP at realghoststoriesonline.com. Hi. Hey, guys. It's Steve out in Louisville again. I want to continue with some of the stories I have. Uh, I have a bunch, so I'm, I'm obviously just going to share as many as I can. And I, I promised you the, the ghost rider out of Fort Riley. I, I will get to him, but I kind of wanted to go ahead and update you in my current living situation that way. If something prominent happens, I can call and, and relay that information to you. Uh, bought a house about two years ago, and it was built in 1920. We decided to remodel it top to bottom because we, we got it at an auction. We got it cheap enough, so we've got the money. Let's let's go ahead and just and remodel it. The house we're living in is fine, so we can we can do this. Let's do it. So we started tearing out. We found things that you typically find in walls back then. They would plaster them, and while they were working. If they were have a beer bottle or what, and they would just set it in the wall and cover it up with plaster. So we found some old beer bottles and a pocket knife, uh, tobacco tin, things like that. But 
when we pulled up the floorboards to run some electric, that's when we found some really weird stuff. Um, we found about nine pairs of old shoes, like the old leather handmade shoes. Um, they were pretty well dry rotted, but I couldn't fathom why anyone would put their shoes in the floor and cover it up. It wasn't like this was an easily removed floor. This is one buys all across there. But um, while working in the house, and, and I have a full-time job, so I would go there at, at night a lot of times and work till midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning, and you would hear a few things, nothing prominent. So I finally decided to go ahead and say, okay, here I am. Uh, if you want to talk to me, that's fine. And I, I kind of get, I laid the law down. I, I had, I had a baby on the way. Um, I got a nine year old and my wife has wants nothing to do with them. So when I was there by myself, I, I told whoever's here and whatever's here, it, it, me, as long as it's me, you're fine. You can come talk to me, show yourself to me. I, I'm, I'm infallible. You can't really bother me. So if you want to show yourself to me, fine, but leave my wife and my kids alone. Don't mess with them whatsoever, or uh, I will unleash everything I can to get rid of you and put you wherever you need to be going. And he, he's been he's been pretty good about it. He's um, He waits till my family goes to bed, and I tend to be uh, a, a later kind of guy, and I'll be watching some TV, laying in bed next to my wife, and then the shadows will start moving in the living room the coolest thing that this ghost does, and, and this is what I find very, very appealing and, and what I, I enjoy about it. And a lot of people get creeped out by ghosts. I, I really don't. I, I don't. It doesn't bother me at all. And this guy actually helps me because when I get up in the morning, baby's sleeping, and it just without without fail, as soon as I get enough water on my back to warm my body up, she'll start crying. And one time I said, oh, come on, just please help me. And it sounded like I would, like, like when you go and tend to a baby, you give them a pacifier, you pat them on the back, they grunt, they make a few noises, and they go back to sleep. And that's what it sounded like. And I just said, thank you to whoever did that. And I haven't had any problems since. Even if she wakes up, it's almost as if she's being entertained until I get out of the shower. And I told you know, the ghost, I said, you know, hey, listen, as long as you're doing that and you're being a calming uh, effect on the baby, you're fine. But if, if you start scaring her, leave her alone, okay? Went on about my business. Um, about a week later, after this started, you know, being a regular thing, um, I'm laying in bed, and again, my bedroom door faces into the living room, and we leave it open. I've seen the shadow kind of stand up right in front of the window. And it's not a shadow man. It's, it's, it's a shadow. It's a shadow moving. It's not a shadow man. It's just a, a shadow moving in the distance. And he just kind of walked in and, and moved across the front of the living room. I was like, that, that's pretty cool. Okay, he's there. He is there. And then um, later on that night, as I'm laying down in bed, the baby starts to stir again. And again, I hear him come for her. And I'm like, uh, that won't work. But either way, I, I want to kind of give you an idea of, of what's going on with me at my house now. The ghost does not seem to be 
uh, 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 malicious in any way. He seems to be a very comforting, nice person. Um, and I think that, that, that the work we've done to the house, we've we done it properly. And he seems to be appreciative of it because the house had be, began to let, people had let it uh, deteriorate. And we brought it back to life. And we didn't really change a lot of the house. We just just fixed everything and put it back together. Um, I have left some, some stuff out for him to, to try and say, hey, you know, move this or do this. And he's not, he's not quite accommodated me on that, but he's been a very helpful ghost and I'm, I'm proud to have him in my house. And, and I encourage anyone that listens to this podcast and, and hopefully my stories of where I don't show fear are, are really, that might help somebody because to me, they're, they're just not going to hurt you. I've not, not heard of any cases. Uh, and I haven't turned on the news and said, ghost attacks man cuts his hand off or you know usually it's a scratch or a slap when you start hearing these stories of ghosts that attack people it's something very mild it's nothing that's going to hurt you and if you get those kind of ghosts then you know to get rid of them for the most part they used to be people and if you empathize with them they'll empathize with you and they might even help you around the house maybe you get the dishes done one day I don't know it helps with my baby so uh, like I said love the show guys Next time I call in, I will give you my uh, my Ghost Rider out of Fort Riley, Kansas, that I promised. And uh, and like I said, I've got a few more to share with you. Um, I'm not saying I'm a sensitive or anything. I, I think the best term for me would be a magnet. If I go somewhere and there's a ghost there, they they tend to let me know. And since I don't show fear and I encourage them, uh, they always seem to get a little bit of, of activity if I go someplace that's haunted. So. Um, love the show, guys. We'll catch you later on. Bye. So I'm reading in this thing here, Ghost Attacks Man and Cuts His Hand Off. This is really <laughs> an intriguing story. <laughs> you know, as much as I was looking forward to the Ghost Rider of Fort Riley, I really enjoyed this story. And yeah. I'm I'm glad that you guys have such a functional relationship with, with the ghost in the house. I mean, that's pretty awesome that it's helpful and that it seems to be a calming spirit to the baby. I would still kind of keep an eye on that maybe not let your guard down but so far that sounds pretty cool it sounds like you have free help <laughs> yeah they're happy to help i guess yeah and uh you don't have to pay them or anything it's just kind of like a ghost nanny that's kind of kind of neat do you think if we suddenly had a ghost nanny our nanny would be upset you think there'd be like a rivalry i think there would be a problem <laughs> yes one would I be would asking the, the other to leave. I would be asking the ghost nanny to leave. What if the ghost nanny's really nice, though? Can't they share? There's duty? no way the ghost nanny would be better <laughs> yeah. than than who we have. But what if the ghost nanny started like trying to do arts and crafts as well? At the time when when the other when when the human one's not here, there's too many females in this household already. <laughs> so no, it could be a male. No, male nanny, male ghost nanny. That'd be interesting. <laughs> That would be very weird. <laughs> Not that males can't make good nannies. I've seen it that just work the, very well, but the, I just don't... Your odds of a, of a human male nanny finding one, pretty slim. Even more slim if it's a ghost male nanny. Yeah. So, uh, it'll be... <laughs> It was a good story, though. Very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, so thank you for sharing that with us. Michelle writes in, Hello. I only recently discovered your show, and I absolutely adore it. I've been listening to it every day while at work and while out walking. 
It's excellent, and uh, I've been telling all my friends about it. Well, thank you very much. Uh, anyways, I want to share my experience with you and your listeners. Hopefully, you can give me some feedback and uh, offer some explanation to it. My story really starts back in 1992 when we first moved into the new family home. We moved in when I was about nine years old. The new home wasn't, the new home wasn't particularly spooky. It was a brand new built home, so we were the first owners. The land that the houses had been built on had been a field, so to my knowledge, nothing at all had existed before the house or no previous properties or buildings. During the first few years of living in that house, I felt very settled and nothing ghostly happened. It all kind of started when I was about 11 years old. began having troubled sleep. I'd wake in the middle of the night but feel like I was still trapped in a nightmare as I'd heard, hear lots of voices talking, shouting and screaming. I couldn't make sense of what I was hearing as they were on top of one another and interrupting each other. It felt really intense and loud. I remembered I'd go into the bathroom and willing myself to wake up even though I was awake and trying with all my might to block out the noise that seemed to be so loud it was smothering me. This happened on a number of occasions and I told my mother about it and she just concluded that it was bad dreams and that I felt really scared. To turn on the radio, if I concentrated on music, it would drown out the voices, and it would stop. I did this, and it seemed to work. I'm not sure if it was just bad dreams or if something, or if many things were trying to communicate with me. My mother had told a friend about my nightmares, and she said it could be spirits trying to give me their messages from the other side, like I was slightly psychic or sensitive to something. She had told my mother that if I was scared, I should put the radio on and it would help me settle down and stop it from happening. Around the same time, my mother was also having strange things happen during the night, too. She was often woken up by the sound of a baby or child crying. She thought it might have been me, but when she'd check, I'd be asleep. It woke my mother a number of times, but when she'd wake my father, he couldn't hear it. Then she would hear knocking, rapping noises coming from the other side of the room. She said it sounded like it was happening on the wardrobe. She continued to wake my father, who never admitted to hearing it. She didn't tell me until I was older and left home, as she didn't want to scare me. My mother brought home some rosary beads to hang in on my bedroom door and their bedroom doors. As I was young, I didn't suspect anything odd about this, just thought it was for decoration, as my grandparents had them on some of their doors at their home. My mother has since told me that she was scared and got the beads as some form of protection from what seemed to be bothering us at night. This was happening during my teenage years. My mother said she felt aware of a presence at this time of me growing up. I'd often hear my name called by my parents, only for them to tell me they never shouted for me. This would happen very frequently and just concluded that it must have been my imagination. I'd occasionally feel my hair, neck, and back gently touched. I'd turn around to see no one there. I tried to ignore it. If I was to fall asleep in the lounge, I'd often feel as if someone was gently touching the top of my head. I think I got used to it all, and it had always happened while I was growing up. Only now do I realize how creepy it actually really was to live there. 
I met my boyfriend, now husband, when I was 19 years old. He'd spend all his time at my home and had witnessed things happening. Not big things, just small happenings like birthday cards getting knocked over on their own, small items getting knocked or appearing to just fall or lose balance. Nothing overly scary. Nothing could really upset me while living in that house, apart from one event that happened in 2006. I was 23 years old and had just bought my first home with my now husband. Each evening after work, I'd go to my new home and we'd decorate it. We were planning on spending a week or so decorating the whole house before we moved in properly, so I was still living with my folks. At this time, my parents were away on holiday, so I was all alone in the, fam- and in the family home. I wasn't spending that much time there, mainly only sleeping in my room and getting a shower. All my other time was spent at work or decorating at my new house. So after one evening of decorating, I went back to the family home to get washed and catch up on my sleep. It was about 3 or 4 a.m. when I was awoken by the sound. I thought at first it was the house alarm, as it was loud and I was confused from waking up so suddenly. The sound was in my room. It was a telephone that was on the desk next to my bed. The sound was a dial tone of the phone. Somehow the speaker button on the phone had been pressed, so in full volume, the dull dial tone sound filled my room. I was really shaken up by all this and lifted the receiver and placed it down again to stop it from happening. I remember my heart racing. I never used the speaker option on the phone before and had to look at the control pad to locate which button to press to make it happen. Shaken up, I concluded that somehow I'd done it in my sleep, but there was no way that could have happened. I told myself this is I needed to go back to sleep as I had to be up for work a few hours' time. Despite being shook up and a little scared, I decided to try going back to sleep and I turned out the light. I'd just gotten into my slumber when it was happening again, exactly the same as before. I freaked out. I pulled out the phone from the socket, turned on the radio, and left the lamp on for the remainder of the night. I don't know how, but I managed to get back to sleep. So in the morning, I woke, got myself to work, and rang my husband to tell him what happened. I was still freaked out and still couldn't work out how the phone managed to go on to speaker twice by itself. I begged him to stay over with me as I was so scared about going back to the home on my own. He agreed and said he would check on the phone to see if it was malfunctioning. After decorating that evening, we both went to my parents' home. I unlocked the door and turned off the house alarm. alarm. Then I saw my bedroom door was shut. I never shut my bedroom door during the day, ever. Only did it on the night when I slept. I hadn't shut the door. So I was scared and worried and asked my husband to open my bedroom door for me as I thought someone or something was hiding in there. He opened the door and no one was there. But my bedroom light was on. I hadn't turned the light on. No one could have closed my bedroom door or turned the light on as we had been at work all day and my parents were on holiday. I totally freaked out. Needless to say, we bought the... Uh, about the moving to my new home date forward, moving into my new home date forward, as I didn't want to spend another night in my spooky family home. The phone was checked over. It was fine and working normally. The last thing I'll say on the matter is a few months after I moved out, my mother was home alone one evening and my dad was working the night shift. My nana rang my mom during the phone conversation and my mother heard a click on the line, like someone had 
picked up the telephone receiver to listen in on the call. The only other phone that was in the house was the one in my bedroom, the one that had spooked me that night when I was alone in the house. My mother asked if my nan, my asked my nana if she had heard the noise, and then my mother heard the sound again, as if whoever was listening in on the conversation had decided to hang up from the telephone. My mother quickly went to my room to check, and no one else was in the house with her. It really spooked her out. Thanks so much for reading my story. I hope it read as well as maybe others will come forward having experienced similar events. So something had to mess with the phone. For it to happen twice and a button had to be pushed, I don't see it being explained away. I mean, it could be something malfunctioning, but it it just, you know, the timing of it all. You know, my question is, do ghosts really need to, like, actually pick up the line or can they just kind of get into the line? (laughs) I would imagine they can probably just get into the line, but I think they mess with it just to let us know. Or does it depend on the type of ghost it is, too? Probably. Maybe the human-esque ghosts actually do need to pick up the phone in some way, and actually that requires opening a line of some sort for them to hear it. Could I be. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. Uh, very interesting story and, and creepy. Anything else you want to add on that one? No, I'm okay. good on that. Yeah. 855-853-4802 is our phone number. If you like the show, tell a friend about it. Share a link on Facebook or Twitter. Your support, of course, is what keeps our show alive. So if it's one of your first time uh, listening to the show... Uh, we do appreciate some support there. Show us some love. Maybe give us a, even an iTunes review if you're listening to it on iTunes. Uh, some of those stars there and a, a couple nice words to take uh, five seconds to leave uh, does a great deal uh, to help support this show. Uh, let's go to another caller. Hi. Hi, Tony. This is Becky from Ohio. Um, I want to tell you first <laughs> that this, uh, this uh, story... If somebody else told it to me, I probably wouldn't believe it. It's kind of almost something out of Hollywood. Um, But nonetheless, it's true. It absolutely happened to me. Um, I was... It was in a time of my life when I had recently split with my boyfriend, and I was sort of emotionally vulnerable. um, And I know that uh, that's kind of a, a factor in a lot of different... Uh, different experiences from listening to your show. So um, I was in this vulnerable spot. I was in a new place. I, I was kind of wondering where my life was going. And I moved into this new apartment. Uh, it was a two-bedroom apartment, and I um, had it all to myself. I did have a coworker that lived upstairs that had lived there a little bit before me. Um, she had told me that she thought her apartment had some activity in it, um, that she would see figures behind her if she turned off the television and the reflection of the screen, things like that. Um, I she, she had a tendency to exaggerate, though, so I didn't really put too much stock in it. Um, but within the first few days of moving into my apartment, I knew something was going on. There was a... Uh, the setup of my apartment was such that you walked in the front door and kind of up in front of you was the kitchen and you walked into the living room. Then off to the left, there was an open doorway that went into a little hallway and off that hallway was a closet, the bathroom, and two bedrooms. Um, 
I kind of developed my own little theory about about this hallway because right off I noticed that I would see shadows kind of moving in that general area. It just seems almost to be like a nexus for for things to happen. Um, I always like never liked hanging out in that area. I just didn't. It was just really uncomfortable, and you could always see like the shadows. So I think that maybe it has something to do with the number of rooms that led off of it. It's because including the the bedrooms, the bathroom, the the hallway door, and then the closet door, that's five different uh, kind of entrances onto that area. And that kind of got me wondering if maybe that has something to do with it. Um, I've heard other stories where, like, when five points come together, then that's when something happens. So, <clears throat> so I'm in this apartment. I'm seeing these shadows, trying to ignore it, um, trying to just kind of go about my business. Um, but things keep progressing. Uh, it was the worst in the main bedroom where I had my room. Uh, I started just getting these feelings like somebody was watching me. I always had to keep the door to my bedroom closed when I was asleep because I felt like things were staring at me from the hallway. Or, you know, I felt like the shadows were moving around out there. Um, it got to the point where I would feel like the, you know how sometimes you'll be in bed and then like the blankets will shift a little bit and well, that kept happening to me and I it kept trying to write it off as it was just the blankets shifting. But, I mean, there's, there's a difference between a shifting blanket and then being wrapped and I, I did feel like hands like would close around my feet and like kind of grab it and it didn't feel like a blanket was doing that um, also during this point in time I was having terrible terrible nightmares about um about my grandmother who had passed several years before. Um, unfortunately, they were not exactly good uh, dreams. They weren't like any, they weren't my grandmother coming to see me or anything. Uh, it was more of uh, a situation where she would uh, she would be berating me and calling me names and things of this nature and uh, where while I was well in a place that I can only describe as hell I mean it was just it was you know a, a terrible sort of dream and I would have this over and over again um, there were times when I would wake up in the middle of the night and then I would, I would kind of look over to the side of my bed and I would think that I would see shadows of like a man digging this I tried to also pass off as dreaming although I'm not exactly sure I'm not exactly sure why I did that considering everything else that was going on but um, 
I did try to just convince myself that it was a dream. Um, and then I also have sort of dreams about uh, about it would seem like people in old clothes and kind of like have that old timey look to it um, where it was almost like a flip book where there was just a lot of still images that were pasted together to form action. Um, it was very strange and this was all kind of like going on at the same time with the shadows and the activity at night and seeing the people by my bed and it was just all going on at one time. So it got to the point where, um, oh, also, the, the, the lights in that room never worked correctly. Um, there was a dimmer switch that controlled the lighting in the master bedroom, and it would you'd turn it on, and then it would it pop off, it would come back on, um, it would come on full brightness, and then it would uh, just go completely dim. Well, I called the landlord, and he had them to come out and replace the switch, and it didn't help. And no matter how many times we had somebody come out, it, it always did that. It never played. Um, so I'm going with this, this happening, and I'm having trouble sleeping at night, obviously, with all the nightmares. And I'm depressed. It's having an impact on my, my mental health, my relationships. It's just no good for me. Um, the peak of it, well, what I was going to think came when I was sleeping one night and then I woke up and kind of just like kept my eyes closed, but I was awake and I think what woke me up was the smell and it was just like really kind of like a body odor kind of smell. Um, and that's not the only way that I can describe it. It was just like really bad P.O. Just kind of weird. But um, when I say that, it's kind of funny. But so I was telling this, I'm like, okay, what's going on? Did I, you know, I don't know what you say, what's going on? Um, so I opened my eyes, and when I opened my eyes, I'm looking directly into the face of a female figure. Um, and at first I thought, okay, this is an optical illusion. I'm going to blink, I'm going to clear my eyes, it's going to be on. So I blinked, and it was still there. And for, like, about the space of a heartbeat, we just kind of stared at each other. And then the adrenaline kicks in, and I go and I just, like, drive my fist right at the face. And it, of course, it goes right through it and hits the wall, and it hurts. <laughs> oh, quite a bit. And so I just freaked out, hid under my covers like a little kid, and just stayed that way for a couple of hours until I saw the like until the sun came up, and I got a couple of hours of sleep, and then and then I uh, went to work, but. I never slept in that room again. <laughs> I 
you know, took all my bedding out. I slept in the living room for a few weeks, and then eventually I moved all of my bedding and all of my items into the smaller second bedroom, and that bedroom was completely empty for the rest of the time that I lived there, save for when a friend of mine came over. Um, she needed somewhere to stay. For, she stayed in there for a couple of weeks. Um, and she was she's a sensitive. She said, oh, yeah, there's definitely something going on here. We actually attempted to do some EVPs, and we didn't get any voices that we could discern that said anything. Although every time we would ask a question, it would kind of be a, like a rise in static, and then it would drop off, and then we asked another question, and it would be another rise in static. So it almost seemed like something was answering us, but not in our language. That's about the only way I can put it. Um, that's, I think that's about everything that happened in this apartment. Um, it was definitely one of the worst, uh, most active places I have ever been in. Eventually, um, after I moved into the smaller bedroom, things did seem to die down, although I can't be sure if it's because I switched rooms or because I just started not being home, um, I would, because I would just find any excuse to stay out um, and then to come home and pass out and then first thing in the morning. Um, but that did eventually die down a little bit. Um, so I hope this was at least a little bit coherent. Um, and I love the show. Thank you for calling in and sharing your uh, your ghost stories with us. Yeah. It's got to be kind of relieving. I mean, it sounds like there's just so many things that have built up, you know, with her and that she's just kind of like, okay, here's the outlet. Here comes everything. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. A lot, a lot of stuff's going on there. And I think definitely, you know, where you are in your emotional health is going to play a big factor. Sure. As to how much is going to show up. So, but anytime something's pulling on your feet when you're asleep, that's that's never good. Yeah, I, no. Although I would do that. I have to put myself always in the ghost shoes of, would I do this as a ghost? Would you be the B.O. ghost too? I don't know. I don't think I'd like that. I think I'd be, I'd be kind of self-conscious still as a ghost. If I, I think was, you would still try and shower as a ghost because I think you like to shower. I enjoy showering, yeah. yeah. I would be the ghost where it's like, Making people feel uncomfortable in the shower. It'd be like... It's like there's somebody watching me. No, there's someone actually showering with you. You just are unaware of it. I get this whiff of Irish spring. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Why is my, uh, my my washcloth always feeling like it's used? I don't know. It's, it never dries off quite right. <laughs> that would be me. Let's go to one more caller here before we wrap up the show. Hi. Hi, guys. This is Mark. I'm calling from Kentucky. Um, I called a few weeks ago and, and told a story about uh, something that happened to my mother back in the late 60s when we lived in her house in Lexington. She had a ghost that was hanging out in her closet and uh, ended up pulling her big toe. But um, that, uh, aside from that, I was listening to one of your stories the other night and a lady had called in or you had read a letter about uh, her child who was seeing the cricket man and uh, I guess uh, the cricket man tossed him across the room or something like that 
but the way the story, the way I, I perceived it, it almost sounded like something almost alien, because I know that there are people that have described uh, alien encounters, um, that the uh, aliens were somewhat insect-like, and then uh, they would be almost lifted and, and pulled right out of their room. Uh, but anyway, I just wanted to mention that. Um, I've got some other stories that uh, happened, especially to my mother and to uh, my wife and I when we went to uh, take care of her plants one day. Uh, one quick story, we uh, mother was out of the country with my stepfather and my wife and I went to this house to uh, water her plants. I went to repair the commode seat. My wife went to water the plants and uh, we went into the house and the kitchen where the plants were were on the left side at the far end and the bathroom was on the right side at the far end. Uh, my wife was in the kitchen and I was in the bathroom and I heard her say something. So I uh, got up and, and walked in towards the kitchen and at the same time she was walking towards me and we both met in the dining area and I said well what did you say she said well I heard you say something what did you say and we both ended up not saying anything we we both heard the same thing uh, long story short there was a lady there uh, her name was Toy and uh, she died in the dining room at her dining room table she was very elderly she was in her late 70s early 80s and actually died of a heart attack in the room where we both ended up uh, it's kind of a freaky little thing so we figured it was Toy talking to us we just greeted her and we went about our business uh, that same house my mother was asleep one night uh, in her bed and uh, she had to go to the restroom so she woke up and she I uh, was looking towards the door, and there was a gray, dark apparition uh, between her and the door. And uh, my mother, being the way she is, she simply looked at it and said, Listen, I've got to go to the bathroom. Now, you've got to get out of my way, or I'm going to go right through you. And I guess the thing that, you know, evaporated or something, but she went to the bathroom. Uh, but she's had little encounters like that all during her life. Anyway, listen, uh, I love your show, and. Uh, Hope you guys have a <laughs> don't have to put up with all the snow that we're having right now. But uh, take care, and, and, and I hope to listen to you more. Thanks. Bye bye. Well, thank you for your call. You know, I'd never thought about the crooked man being something other than a ghost. I just that's yeah. not something that comes to my mind first and foremost. But you know, I guess it could be anything. I mean, it is one of those things. I mean, we don't really talk about aliens much on this show, but I guess you know if you're going to look at. A ghost that looks like an alien, I guess maybe it is not a ghost. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I am very you know, open to that possibility of those things being out there. I suppose it does kind of make some sense there, too. Sure. So, there you go. Thanks for calling in and sharing your story with us. We really do appreciate that. If you're not an EPP yet, please consider becoming one. That's what keeps our show on the air. Uh, it's only five bucks a month. You get a bonus episode sent to you direct every single week. Um, and, of course, you get access to all those previous bonus episodes as well. So if you're out of episodes, become an EPP, and you're going to get uh, a whole boatload of them sent to you uh, with our next email going out uh, on Saturday. So be sure to sign up as soon as you can for that. It's only five bucks a month. And like I said, it uh, goes to keep our show alive and it supports the show so check that out until next time for jenny brewski i'm tony brewski thanks for listening to another episode of real ghost stories online <laughs>